You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. So Genesis chapter 37, and we are in week three of a series called From Dream to Reality. And uh, just by show of hands... How many of you, you would say right now, I'm confident in the fact that I have a dream in my heart? How many of you, just by show of hands, come on, raise it up high, don't T-Rex arm that thing, let me see. Okay, okay, okay. So a lot of people, maybe it's in your life, maybe it's in your career, your marriage, your family. Maybe right now you have a dream in your heart for a ministry or a business, something like that. But I know that God is in the business of giving dreams. And let me just tell you if your hand did not go up, I am really challenging you that over the next few weeks of this series, that you open yourself up and you say, God, do you have a dream for my life that maybe I'm not aware of right now? And just see if God speaks a dream to your heart. Um, And so there was a lot of hands that went up of like, yeah, I have a dream in my heart. And just how many of you, just by show of hands, you're not there yet? How many, like, your dream is not yet reality? Yeah, there's a lot of us that are in that boat. In fact, I've learned that there's almost always a gap between the dream and the dream becoming reality. And the Bible actually talks about that gap. The Bible says that that gap between your dream and that dream becoming reality is all about your character. That the point of that gap is for God to develop the character on the inside of you, like who you are behind the scenes when nobody else is watching, to develop that on the inside of you so that you can be able to actually handle stepping into your dream. That's because, and here's kind of the big idea of this series, is that big dreams, they must be supported by big character. And it's so important for us to understand that throughout this series, that the dream that God has given you, which is probably big because that's how he rolls, that that big dream must be supported by big character. And in this series, we're taking a really a deep dive study look into the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis, where Joseph had a 13-year gap between the dream that God gave him and that dream actually becoming a reality. And let me just plug our online devotional uh, that is available exclusively on our app. And I just want to encourage you, if you have not had a chance to download our app and to start that devotional every Monday through Friday, our team has worked on a custom devotional. Like you cannot get this anywhere else. And it's written by people in our church. And I just encourage you to download that Monday through Friday. Let's all kind of lean into that. And I really want to challenge you if you've never consistently read your Bible. I think this is a great way to start uh, because we kind of help you. We kind of give you all, it's it's all right there in the app. So download that, check that out. Uh, Because in this series, what we're doing is we're looking at these nine character tests that Joseph took that we all essentially have to take for our dreams to become reality. And in week one, we talked about the pride test. And last week, we talked about the pit test. And this week, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're going to be talking about the Potiphar test. 
the Potiphar test, a.k.a. the faithfulness test. But I could not use that because it did not start with the P. Um, <laughs> we got to keep it rolling. We got to keep that P train rolling as long as we can, okay? So the Potiphar test. Let, let's read about this in Genesis chapter 37. We're going to pick it up where we left um, last week where Joseph was actually in a pit. So he's in a pit, and this is what it says in verse 25. Then, just as they, that was, that's his brothers. Joseph had 11 brothers. As his brothers were sitting down to eat, they looked up and they saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah, which is one of his brothers, said to all the other brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? Because they just left him in a pit. His blood would just give us a guilty conscience. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. Now, many of you, you know that Jesus was actually like he was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. This is actually one of those moments in the Bible that points to Jesus. Because yes, it was 20, but that was at wholesale. He later would be sold again for what most scholars would believe would be 30 pieces of silver. Exactly the same, pointing to Jesus. And it says, and the traders took him to Egypt. Now, right after this, the rest of the chapter is how the brothers lied to their dad about what's happening to Joseph. And then chapter 38 actually pauses the Joseph story and then tells this really crazy story about one of Joseph's brothers, Judah. And it is way more Jerry Springer show than Bible. Okay, so we're just gonna skip chapter 38 and we're gonna jump to, to, uh, to chapter 39. And here's where it, we pick it up. It says, when, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by those Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by, here it is, Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. And Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And the Lord, I love this, was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did. And as he served in the home of his Egyptian master, Potiphar, Potiphar noticed this. And realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Now, here's why this is such a big deal. Because at this time, like most scholars believe that most Egyptians in that day worshipped over 2,000 little g gods. But because of him just watching how Joseph lived his life, he recognized the capital G God. And it said he noticed him. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And from the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's households and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock, they flourished so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, 
He didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. The Potiphar test, a.k.a. the faithfulness test. Now, how many of you know what this is? Okay, just show hands. How many of you know what this is? Um, For those of you that don't know what this is, this is an old school disposable camera. How many of you have ever used one of these? Uh, Used one of these? Yes, look at this. This is so encouraging. Um, (laughs) I used to crush these specifically at church summer camp. I would always grab one of these bad boys and just take as many pictures as I could of girls, um, of me with girls. And so uh, would just, I would crush these at, at summer camp. And uh, now these, you're only able to take like 25 to 30 pictures. And after every time you take a picture, how I many you know that you got to do, do this and get it ready for the next one. And there's two types of people. They're the people that are spontaneous, that want to be ready. So as soon as they take the picture, they go ahead and crank that bad boy off so that just in case picture's ready, I'm ready, boom. Ready, boom, okay, crank. Or there's the more conservative people that don't wanna waste one, don't wanna have one going off in the pocket, don't wanna have one going off on the side when you're on your way up, that you take the picture and then you wait. You wait until, until you're ready for that next picture and then, but you may miss the spontaneous moment. So there's two types of people there. Uh, so, but there's only about 25, 30 pictures, so you gotta make them count. I tell you the worst, the worst ever is when you ask somebody to take a picture with one of these and they don't do the countdown. Because you're like, what, did you take it? Did you take, I wasn't ready. I wasn't, I wasn't smiling. So like the, the countdown is very important for this one. And so there's, there's all types of people that are there. Well, this is one of these things. And um, I, I don't know if you know this, but these disposable cameras have something called film. It's called film on the inside of this. And, uh, and that film has to be developed. So after, after you take all your pictures and it's done and, and you can't take anymore, then you would actually take this to like Walmart or Walgreens or CVS or somewhere like that. You would give them this and then it would go through this process of being developed. And then you would get back your actual like pictures about two to three weeks later after this process. And it's very different than what we do today, where we all have these professional level cameras and video cameras in our pocket at all the time with all the megapixels. I mean, just all the megapixels right here and where we can take unlimited pictures. And in fact, most of us do, right? Like we just, like when we take a picture, we'll just blast like 20 of those and then we'll pick the one that we like the most and then we'll have it instantly. Well, here's what God spoke to me as I was preparing this message is that, and I'm gonna put this on the screen, is that we live in a modern, like digital camera world, but our dreams actually require an old school disposable camera process. And I think it's very important for us to understand this fact because we live in this modern world where we can have almost everything instantly in excess. But like our dreams, they just don't work that way. They require this old school disposable camera process because often we have a dream that is from God that is this big. 
But right now, maybe you're at church and you feel like you're here. And I've learned that a lot of people want to go to bed here and then wake up the next day here like a digital camera, like we want it right now, but that's not how it works. It works way more like a disposable camera. It's way more of a process. Like you don't go from here to here, you go from here to here. I don't know if you saw that. Like you don't go from here to here, you go from here to here. And then you go from here to here. And then you go from here to here, here to here, here to here, here to here. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself living your dream. And I'm telling you, one of the greatest ways, one of the biggest ways that you can go through that process is by being faithful. See, I've discovered that faithfulness is one of the keys that will unlock your dreams. And we see this in the life of Joseph. In fact, this is one of the major themes that we will see over and over again in his story. He goes through this cycle multiple times, and we'll get there over the next few weeks. But this is a major theme in the life of Joseph, and we see it on full display in the verses that we read already today and, and where he's, he's at Potiphar's house. And when I look at this story, I see three specific things that I want us to walk away with today. And here's number one, that Joseph was faithful with someone else's things. See, Joseph was faithful with someone else's things. Like, we got to understand that Joseph was literally sold as a slave against his will to serve Potiphar who was a big deal officer in the Egyptian army. And he was forced to move from his home to a foreign land to serve another man's vision, to steward another man's resources, to serve another man's house and resources, to serve another man's vision. And how many of you know that it's so easy to serve your vision with passion, with energy, with faithfulness, but it's a whole nother thing to serve someone else's vision with that same level of passion and energy and faithfulness. Luke chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus actually puts it this way. And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? See, I think this is such an important part of the process of our dreams becoming reality. And here's why. Because this is life. I want you to understand that what we just read, what we're talking about, the fact that being faithful with someone else's things, that is life. Life is taking care of someone else's things. Life is being faithful with someone else's things. And the biblical word for this, the theological word for this, is actually the word stewardship. It's this word stewardship. And it, stewardship is simply taking care and being faithful with what has been given to us. And listen, life is stewardship. Because everything we have is God's. Everything. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. 
that the world and all its people belong to him. Psalm 89 verse 11 says, the heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 26 says, for the, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Listen, everything we have is God's. He is the owner. We are the steward. It's really important. Now, some of you maybe struggle with things like tithing because you haven't quite yet bought into this principle. You haven't embraced this truth. Where tithing, tithing, if you're not familiar with it, it is the biblical principle of returning. It's not really giving. It's, it's returning your first and your best 10% back to God through a local church that you're planted into. That, 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 that's tithing. And I think so many times that that is hard for us if we do not get this. Like, I struggled for a long time because I did not fully understand this principle. Um, Like, you think it's still your money, but it's not. It's God's. And not 10% either, 100%. And it's a whole lot easier to give away, like, when you understand that it's not yours. For example, if I were to just randomly call one of you up and say, hey, I want you to come up here right now with me, and I, I called you. Just imagine I called you. Wherever you're at, I called you and made you come up here. I said, hey, I want you to give every bit of money that you have right now to somebody in this room. That may be hard, but how many you know if I did the same exact thing, brought you up here, and I said, here, here's all the money that I have, which is $10. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I use Apple Pay a lot. Um, I got, but I do got a 10. And I said, hey, I want you to give this away to somebody that God puts on your heart. It probably wouldn't be that hard. Why? Because it's so much easier to give away something that you know that's not yours. And like what's really important for us to understand is that like that is steward- life is stewardship. Everything we have is God. So essentially... It's, are we faithful with taking care of someone else's things? See, Joseph, he was faithful with someone else's things. Here's number two, is that Joseph was faithful with small things. If you see his story, you will see that Joseph was faithful with small things. And when Joseph started out at Potiphar's house, He was probably, it doesn't say this, but let's just logically go there. He was probably doing all the grunt work. He was doing all the small, insignificant, boring, mundane, meaningless stuff that nobody else wanted to do. Because remember, he wasn't hired for a job. He was bought as a slave. So he wasn't doing anything big, anything important. He wasn't doing anything significant or glamorous. He wasn't leading anybody or wasn't leading anything. Like, and his words, his opinions, his ideas, probably all of those things carried little to no weight because he literally went from being like the favorite in his daddy's house to being a nobody in Potiphar's house. But he didn't pout. 
He didn't complain. He didn't throw like this big pity party and just invite everybody to it. He didn't have this victim mentality. He didn't play the blame game. He didn't go around telling everybody how awesome he was. He didn't go around saying, hey guys, guess what? God gave me a dream and I just want you to know about that dream because if you knew about my dream, I probably wouldn't be right here right now. But that's not what he did. He didn't do any of those things. He just put his head down and he was faithful with small things. Like he gave his best with whatever was given to him. And he was just faithful with whatever that was given to him. And after he did that, after he did that day after day, I wish, I'm gonna ask him when I get to heaven. I wish I knew how long that that took. Because the Bible doesn't give us that detail. Like I don't know if it was like a week. I don't know if it was a month. I don't know if it was a year. I don't know... I just know that it was some time, but day after day of living his life that way, of being faithful with small things, look where that eventually led him in verse four. It says, this pleased Potiphar. So, it's, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in, in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. Jesus puts it this way, in Luke chapter 16, verse 10, that if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. And there's this spiritual principle that I sometimes wish wasn't true, to be honest. But there's a spiritual principle that being faithful with smaller things will lead to bigger things. It is just a spiritual truth and principle. Being faithful with smaller things will lead to bigger things. So let me ask you, Let me get up in your business for a little bit and just ask, are you being faithful with the little things? Are you being faithful with small things in your home, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your friendships, with your kids, at your job? Like, are you giving your very best, no matter if somebody's watching or not? Are you giving your best energy, your best effort, your best creativity, your best focus? Let me ask you this. Are you being on time? Are you being on time with things? Are, are, you, are you wearing just stretchy pants in every Zoom call? I mean, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's not, there's nothing wrong with that. They can't see. Just, just bump it up up top, okay? Are you being faithful with your time? Like when you're at your job, are you fully locked in and engaged? Are you spending half your day on social media? Like, are, 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 you, are you locked in? Are you fully engaged and contributing during meetings? And some of you right now, you're like, I just want more. Well, well, why would God give you more if you're not being faithful with what you have right now? Like some of you want more leadership. You want more responsibility. I want that promotion. My question is, are you being faithful? I want a bigger budget. Yeah, don't we all? But are you being faithful with the budget that you have right now? And it's just like, because why? What, like, like why, why do you need the bigger, the more to be faithful with what you got right now? That doesn't have anything to do with what's right now. And so like the question is, like, like are, are you being faithful with the smaller things? And let me remind you, this is just for everybody that right now has a J-O-B. I just, this was on my heart today. I want to remind you what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. So right there, that part of that verse, 
I want you to fill in what you do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. Yeah, but, but, but what if they're not treating me right? What if everything's not going right? What if I'm being, being passed over? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. See, this, this says that whatever your job is, wherever you get a W-2 from, whatever your job is, that you just don't work for your employer, you also work for God. And here's what that means. That means that God can promote you. That even if others, if they don't see the small, faithful things that you do, even if your boss, your, your team leader, uh, whatever, like if they don't see, God does. I promise you, God does. And what if, like Joseph, your next promotion was on the other side of being faithful, not with the big things, but small things? See, Joseph, he was faithful with small things. We good? Everybody good? Everybody good? It's, it's quiet in this Methodist church right now. We're just doing it. <laughs> Here's number three. Number three. Uh, Joseph was faithful with big things. With big things. I, I take that as a compliment that you're just listening so intently. Okay. Uh, number three. Joseph was faithful with big things. Not only was he faithful with someone else's things, not only was he faithful with, with small things, he was also faithful with big things. We see this in verse five and six. It says, from the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs, they kept running smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished after he got put in that position. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. See, Joseph wasn't only just faithful with small things, he was also faithful with big things as well. Now here's what stands out to me so much in these two verses. That when he got into that leadership position, when he experienced that increase, he just didn't abandon the principles and the faithfulness that actually got him there. See, when I see Joseph's life, I see that being faithful wasn't something that he did to get promoted. Being faithful was who he was. His whole motivation for being faithful with the little things had nothing to do for where he was going to go. That his whole motivation for that was because this is who God has made me to be. Like that is who I am. That is part of my character. Being faithful is not something that I just do. It is who I am. And I want to challenge our church to be that type of people everywhere we go. I want you to know that we are so much more concerned than just having a lot of people show up here. We want our church to grow numerically. Don't get me wrong. But I want our church to make the biggest difference we can. And that's not by just filling an auditorium with people. This is important. Don't get me wrong. I'll tell you more about it whenever you go to Grow Track today. I'll tell you all about it. But let me tell you what our heart is. Is that we come here 
we get fully empowered, full of the Holy Spirit to leave out of this place to make the biggest difference that we can. That is how we impact the city. It's not by people coming to an auditorium. It's by you being faithful with everything that God has given you because that's who we are. And I just want to just challenge you. Let's be people like that. But I want you to notice the result of him living his life that way. Check this out. Genesis chapter 39, verse 2 and 3. This is, this, is, this is so cool. I want you to notice the result of him living this way. That the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the house of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Let me just ask you a simple question. Does your employer recognize God because you work for them? And I want you to know that is my prayer for you. Every single one of you that work in the corporate world, in the secular marketplace, that you would live your life in such a way, that you would do your job in such a way that your, your coworkers, your boss, your clients, even if they are unbelievers, notice that there's something different about you, that you operate with such integrity and such character, even if nobody else in your company does, that you operate with such integrity and character, that your attitude is so life-giving, that you're faithful with everything you do in such a way that people who don't even know God see God and see his fingerprints all over your life and want what you have. Because that's how Joseph lived. But notice the result of Joseph living that way. Because it says it twice. It says it, and then it says that Potiphar noticed it. See, the result of him living his life that way was that the Lord was with him. Let me put it this way, that God's presence, this is so important, is attracted to faithfulness. God's presence is attracted to faithfulness. Now, we have to get theological here for a minute before I end. Because when it comes to the presence of God, it is so important for understand that, that there's, there's three things when it comes to the presence of God. One is that there's the omnipresence of God, which is his presence that is everywhere all the time. And so every person in the world, believer, non-believer, people who go to church, people who never have stepped foot inside of a church, every person in the world is in the omnipresence of God. Like th that is always there. But then there's the inner presence of God, which is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you when you make the decision to get saved. And once you have that, I want you to know that you have that. So when you make the decision to follow Jesus, we're actually going to give you an opportunity at the end of this message to make that decision. The Bible says that the, inner, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And he doesn't bounce on you if you make bad choices. It's like, no, 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 he's with you. The, 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 the inner presence of God is with you. But then there's number three, the manifest presence of God. This is when God's presence shows up in an undeniable, tangible, almost supernatural way. Um, this is where lives, by the way, are changed. 
This is where souls are saved. This is where miracles can happen. This is where people experience things like supernatural healing that is like really hard to even explain logically. This is where people receive things from God in a very supernatural way, like God's peace that passes all our understanding. It's where you can receive things like joy that you can have in any circumstance, that literally you can be going through something very hard and still deep down have this joy that can be taken from you. It is where God can deposit inside your soul hope that is like an anchor for your soul. And like sometimes we experience that here at church. I think one of the, one of the ways that we experience that so often is in worship. Maybe you experience that today to where it's like, man, it just feels different than just music I listen to on the radio. Even when you can go take those same exact songs, find them on iTunes, crank it up and just like Spotify, you just go and play that iTunes. I sound like I'm from like 2002 right now. (laughs) Apple Music, sorry. I dated myself so bad right there. All these young people are like, what, what, is, what, is, what, is, what is iTunes? What is that? I don't know. You know, but when you go to that, you're like, oh, that, what was that song in church? You go and you play that and you're like, I don't feel the same thing. You know, have you ever, have you ever been in worship at church and it's like, man, it's like, I, it's like I feel God. It's like, it just felt different today. And maybe it's like, there's just something in the air today at church. You know, some people are like, man, it's just thick. She's the presence of God is just thick. And it's, it's like, we, it's like, like there's part of our soul that knows that that's there. And it's so important for you to understand all three. And it's so important for you to understand all three when you're reading the Bible. Because when I say that God's presence is attracted to our faithfulness. When I say that because of how Joseph was living his life, God's presence was there. Listen, I'm not talking about God's omnipresence. I'm not talking about his inner presence. I'm talking about the manifest presence of God where he shows up in an undeniable, tangible, supernatural way. And let me ask you a question. Would it be okay if you experienced the manifest presence of God at your job? Would it be okay if you experience the manifest presence of God in your home, with your children, in your marriage, would it be okay if you experience that type of undeniable, tangible, supernatural presence of God every single where that you went? I'm telling you, you can experience the presence of God in more places than just church on Sunday. And according to Genesis chapter 39, one way is by being faithful, by being faithful with someone else's things, by being faithful with small things, by being faithful with big things, by passing the Potiphar test.
Now, as we close, please understand that when I'm talking about all these things, because here's what I think the enemy wants to do. I wish I had a time to kind of give you a little bit more theological truth and depth into this, but I I just don't have time. I'm actually out of time right now, so I just got to go really fast. So when I'm talking about these things, I'm not talking about salvation. Please do not confuse this. And what I've just talked about for 35 minutes, please do not confuse this with a works-based theology. Please make me, let, let me make this crystal clear that we cannot be faithful enough. We cannot do enough good things to earn salvation. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, nine says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, not when you were faithful. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done so none of us can boast about it. Listen, we are not saved by our works. We are not saved by our efforts. We are not saved by our faithfulness. No, we are saved. We go to heaven exclusively by grace through faith in Jesus. And that's why Jesus says this in John 14, verse six. He says, I am the way, not a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Listen, salvation cannot be earned. Salvation can only be received. Hear this loud and clear after I just talked about the importance of you being faithful for 35 minutes. Faithfulness plays a big role in your dreams, but it doesn't play any role in your salvation because it is a gift. And a gift cannot be earned because once a gift is earned, it is no longer a gift. So how do you receive that gift? Romans chapter 10, verse nine, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we wanna give you that opportunity to make that decision right now. If you would, you bow your head and close your eyes. Before I ask you that question, that if you want to do that today, will you just pray this right now? from your seat, will you just pray, God, what are you speaking to me right now? Maybe ask him this, like, what does my response need to be to this message? We believe that our Sunday should always affect our Monday. So ask him, what's, what's a response? I think this is one of those messages where God probably spoke something very practical to you. So maybe ask him, what's the next step? What does my response need to be? And maybe you're here and God is challenging you to be more faithful with where you're at right now. To be faithful maybe with someone else's vision, somebody else's things. Maybe it's to be faithful with the small things. And I just wanna encourage you, if you're here and that's you, maybe throughout this whole message, you just felt the Holy Spirit just knocking on your heart saying, hey, it's time for you to be more faithful. I wanna encourage you, if that's you, to take a step today. And one of the best ways that you can take a step, and I just wanna challenge you with this. 
I want to ask that at the end, when our prayer team comes up to pray, that if God's challenging you to do that, will you come up and receive prayer today? And just have somebody pray over you? Just that when you leave this place, that you can actually step into what God is calling you to do? I think it's a great way, great step. But maybe you're here and you've never made that decision that we talked about at the very end, that decision to receive that free gift of salvation. Let me just make it clear one more time. You cannot earn it. You cannot be faithful enough to get it, but you can receive it. And maybe you've never made that decision before. Maybe you've never received that free gift. Or maybe you have before, but you find yourself at church today and you just feel so far from God. You feel a million miles away. And today you just wanna say, God, I wanna rededicate my life to you. I wanna give you my life again. And we're not gonna point you out or make you come forward. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way. I just wanna lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer today, you know that that's your step. I need to make the decision to receive grace today. Whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, I'm gonna ask you on the count of three to boldly put your hand up in the air as a step of faith that says, yes, that's my decision today. If that's you on the count of three, raise your hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise it up. I got you, I got you. It's awesome. Anybody else? I got you. It's awesome. You can put your hand down. Just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. And today I receive the free gift of salvation, the gift of your grace. And today I choose to follow you. We thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can you do me a favor and can you clap your hands and just celebrate with anybody that just made that decision? It's awesome. Let them know you're proud of them. It's awesome. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.